So welcome to season two of Gifting the Future, where we make decisions today to empower and impact our future. So joining me is a lovely... I love how you said lovely. 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 Braided. Amazing. Amazing. Wonderful. Sorry. Wonderful. Special. Okay. Crystal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 guys. I think it's been a very long time since we've actually it been has. here, Mary. Did so, you miss me? Mm, I would love to say I missed you. Wow. I listen to your podcast every time as well. So Moving technically, no, no, I hear you out every single time. So I feel like you're always in my room with me. Wait, that sounds very wrong. So wait, <laughs> let's, wait, let's on. do this yeah, again. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> let's start this again. Take two, Mary. Go. No, no, what you just you? continue. You're on a roll. Don't worry. <laughs> right. So, um, how is your well? To be fair, it's been two months, right? Since yeah. I last we last recorded. Yeah, yeah. Um, how has it been for you? Uh, well, we're looking forward to summer, albeit an English summer. So lots of downpours, but oh god, it's gonna be sticky. What? Mm. Uh, lots of ice creams. Lots That's of true. wine on terraces, room That's terraces. True. So yeah, you know the UK shuts down normally when the weather is like above Literally. thirty. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to be, but we'll see. We'll see. Any holidays planned? Not for summer, no. Ah. No. What, you're relying on the UK weather, yeah? Well, no. It's gonna, I'm going to do a winter sun getaway. Ooh. That's how you do it. You know what? That's actually smart, you know? I mean... Because there's a point of going away to another hot when country it's hot. when it's hot in your right? <laughs> You do a staycation and then you go... That is a cold. great idea. Yeah. Okay, no, fair enough. I hear you. You learn so much, Crystal. Mm. You will learn so much. Yeah, no. I'm here. <laughs> I'll just stick by you, okay? I mean... Okay. okay, that's the smartest decision you've ever made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks for asking me how my two months have been. Oh, how have you been? No, no, it's fine. No hard feelings. No, no. How? Oh God. <laughs> how have you been? No, mine has been great. Um, because I was getting my head on yesterday. Oh. Obviously, you're looking can fabulous. See, those watching on any video kind of like platform, you can see that my hair looks amazing. Of looking course. fabulous. Um, <laughs> I was getting it done yesterday, and I think there was something that we would. I was discussing the hairdresser. Okay. That, I th- it would be great to also get your views on, but oh. we're just talking about like women and how I think it's all become about our looks, our physical appearance mm-hmm. now, more than like our mental transformation. Mm-hmm. So we just care about lashes, nails, you know, makeup, our hair. Yeah. And that's become so big now in, I guess, my world. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, I'm just looking up videos of my friends looking amazing. I'm like, wow, you look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me. Is it just that though? Is life just about just the physical appearance? Like I'm sure there's way more to it than that. At the moment, it looks like that's what's most important because you're getting attention from guys, you're getting attention from a lot of things. People are influencers, getting mm-hmm. all of these deals as well. So you'd honestly think it's best to invest in your physical appearance now. So what are your t- what's your take on that though? I think it depends which spaces you want to occupy. Mm. So if you look hot, whether that's natural or via surgical enhancements you'll be able to occupy certain spaces. But let's be honest, no one's going to bring you to a boardroom or into an exec committee because you look hot. It's not, that's not a, a prerequisite for, it's your brains. That it's, so it depends which spaces you want, which which worlds do you want to thrive in? So there's definitely a market. And I think what you're saying is now more than ever, there's a, there's a market, there's a growing demand for kind of like that, feminine ideal of that cola bottle, big hips, big rounded bum, flawless skin, all of that stuff. And yeah, you see, obviously there's lots of influences. Social media will have you believed there's only one acceptable body type for a woman. Um, But again, I think it depends 
A lot of it is, I think for me, the biggest thing isn't that these women are doing this, whether naturally or surgically. It's the image that they portray to younger females who then may not have even grown into their body. I mean, sometimes your body will blossom and you're like, oh, wow, I wanted to have like this figure, but now look at me naturally, I'll have even an even better figure, right? Sometimes through hard work, i.e. going to gym, whether with a personal trainer or just targeted exercises, you can still get the body you want. So it, I think it speaks to your influences, but also how much effort you're willing to put in. You and I often talk about this generation, as I like to call it, not to not to generalize too much, but increasingly nowadays, everyone wants every, it's that instant gratification. Yeah. So if you want that banging body, it's like where before you'd have gone to gym, you'd have done, you know, diet, all of that. There's a re regime that you would employ to help you get that body. Now it's like, well, if I save up enough money or I can take a loan, I can go under the knife and have that banging body. So it's the instant gratification, but also obviously there's risk um, attached to that. Um, I understand the BBL is the most dangerous procedure that you can mm -hmm. do, not just on the table, but in terms of aftercare and you know post-procedure. But it's a risk that some still believe, even with all the you know articles and kind of spotlight on on the dangers. Some still believe that it's worth it's a risk worth taking. Mm -hmm. So. I think it's a the, the bigger issue isn't that women are doing this or ladies are doing this. It's the why. Mm. It's the for me it's the there's definitely that conundrum of do women want to stand out or blend in? Mm -hmm. And what when I mean by that, what I mean by that is so when I was growing up, the way we would stand out. So if I think about primary school and secondary school, the girls because obviously we're talking specifically about females here. The girls that I remember even now the girls that I remember are those that were either athletically gifted. Like mm -hmm. there was one girl who ran track and I think she later on went on to run track for the borough, maybe even, you know, nationally. She had now what I, it's, she, she's like a, a slightly smaller framed version of Venus. Wow. Venus Williams. She had that athletic, beautifully toned body. Mm -hmm. But then even though she had that beautiful body, it was very obvious it was a beautiful body. We didn't, it wasn't about her body, that makes sense. It yeah. was about the fact that, wow, this girl can outrun anyone, mm -hmm. right? So she stood out because of her talents, her gifts, right? When I think about people that were academically gifted, so you you tended to find, I know that it's all changed in terms of how, you know, schools grade things, but, you know, when it was A stars to, say, a C, the top set, for example, you tend to find that the same two or three students were always vying for first place. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a midterm test and I take first place. I know that there's two people that'll be like, next term, I'm pushing her off that top tip. Mm -hmm. And that that was the way others, you know, chose to stand out academically. There were people that stood out in poetry, for example. So they weren't, you know, the way we would class academics now, like they're not maths or STEM subjects, but, you know, in terms of their giftings to make lyrics and you know, really thought provoking rhymes and stuff like that. If we were ever having a talent show, you know, without doubt, everyone would be like, what are you gonna do? Mm -hmm. But now I think there is a pressure on young ladies, females. Mm -hmm. No one really wants to get to know you. So, you know, when I'm talking about that person that had the amazing body, really athletic, could outrun anyone. I think about girls that played netball for school, netball for the borough. Uh, two girls went on to play netball nationally. 
they didn't have those kind of pressures. It was very much, who am I and what do I want to be known for? I think it's the what do I want to be known for now that's gotten diluted. Because let's be honest, in social media now, let's say you have this banging body, right? I'm guessing the space that you occupy is not a niche. There mm -hmm. are other influencers with a banging exactly, body yeah. that can occupy the same space yeah. that you occupy. Mm -hmm. So it's then, okay, you can be known for that, but you're not excellent in it, if that makes yeah. sense. Because you're, you can't excel in it. Because other people are occupying that same space. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. You know, like back in the days when you used to have like university challenge and then you'd have like Oxford and Cambridge and UCL and they would send their best. You weren't only representing your college, but yeah, your name yeah, would eventually course. be known yeah. for, oh, you know, the maths, that maths um, challenge was won in 20, 2021 by this college of this uni. And this was a student. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. But you also were representing your institution. Mm -hmm. But in this space, it's very much, I think it's monetized. Everything, I think the thing that for me underlies, is underlying all, all of this is the fact that it's all about money now. Yeah. Because the money, the income is what sets you apart. Mm. And then I guess it's a kind of continuous cycle because when you then get the endorsements, when you then get more money, mm -hmm. then you can obviously then buy into a lifestyle yeah. that helps you to get attract even more followers because you know there's a private jet yeah, and yeah, it's the exotic holidays and it's like oh wow, so other girls then see it and it's like oh so if I if I just get this body, I'll be able to have this lifestyle mm -hmm. because yeah it's like a plus one plus one equals two right. Yeah. What they don't see is what does that person or those people what do they have to put up with? Yeah. Now I don't I don't profess to know what goes on in that world, but I'm guessing even with your banging body, if it's natural or not, you're not gonna go from opening up a, an Instagram account today to a hundred thousand followers. There is a process uh, yeah, involved, yeah, and often what you find is people don't talk about the process. It's a look at me now. Yeah. So when you're looking at that and you're like, oh, I want to have that life. I want to have that body. You don't know the process. Exactly. In the same way, you okay? If you think about it. When we were growing up, you know, we joked about all parents, they, they, there are like three or four professions that they want their children to have. Yeah. But even when they were telling you, oh, I want you to be a doctor, I want you to be an engineer, well, blah, blah, blah. They were drumming into you the effort required to be a doctor. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're like, oh, you're sitting there, you're, you're playing and all your mates are reading books. Is that how you're going to be a doctor? But they're telling you it doesn't come easy. Mm -hmm. But now there's no one telling young women to look like that, to have that body, to have that lifestyle that you're seeing on mm. Instagram doesn't come easy. Yeah. The influencers aren't going to tell you that. No, They're not going to tell you it doesn't come. They don't tell you what they have to what do. issues they've got, yeah. the, you know, what insecurities they have mm -hmm. to deal with. They don't tell you about relationships that change because of the way that they've yeah. changed yeah. and the way they now have an online presence, for yeah. example. They won't tell you all of that because obviously they will do things that helps them to continue to make the money, mm -hmm. which is, you know, gain the the followers and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I think the problem is it's so multifaceted because it's the it's a why people are wanting to be like that. But it's then the who will tell them the true account of what mm. it really means to yeah. have that thing that they want. Mm. So I think it's it's definitely complicated. I don't think yeah. it's an easy ask, but I think the different the difference now for me, the, the start, startling difference is, whereas before, yes, everyone wanted to be successful. Mm -hmm. And then we understood that when you were successful, you'd have a comfortable life, do you see what I mean? But now everyone wants to be rich. So there's no longer the, 
how do you define success? It's I want to have, I don't want money money to be an issue, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Having money is great. Mm -hmm. Having to not worry about where your next meal is coming from is great. But I think the problem is we're walking into this kind of very deep, dark cave where people think if you have money, everything's sorted. Yeah. And they're neglecting their mental health. They're neglecting relationships. They're neglecting even their personal growth. Because let's be honest, if you think once I have the body, that's That's it. it. And then you do start getting the money. What what incentivizes you to then work on becoming a better exactly. person? Because you don't think, oh, you know, if I, if my friends say I'm crap and they don't want to be my friend, well, it's their loss. Exactly. But if everyone then starts to leave you, you're the bottom denominator. Exactly. So it's like, is it their loss though, or is it your loss? Mm. People that you believed before were great people. Mm. You you appreciated what they brought into your life. Are no longer great people. Mm. Why? What changed? And I think it's that. If this changes, what impacts? It's the downstream impacts. What impacts will it have on my relationships? What impacts will it have on my mental health? What impacts will it have on my appetite for personal development? There's so many impacts that we're not necessarily mm. considering. And I think that's the honest conversations that we need to be having. I think you made such a great point about um, the process of even getting to that stage. Because mm-hmm. again, we only see the end product. Exactly. For most successful people, we see millionaires and billionaires and Obviously, we just know them as exactly. that. No one knew, well, the apart journey. from family and close yeah, friends, yeah. but not everyone in the world will know the journey exactly. and how they got there. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, you can obviously have your passion, right? To someone, being an influencer clearly is what they want mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. And of course, being an influencer doesn't have to just be with your body and looks. It could be in a lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one actually tells the young people, the kids that are growing up, they see um, other kids on YouTube um, having their YouTube channels, yeah, yeah. making money, and they think, oh, I want Oh, I think a child got asked once, um, oh, what do you want to do when you're older? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think like, we, I want to yeah, be a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like... And then it was a girl who wanted to be wags like, from, like, t- early 2000s. And I remember you were like, yeah. what's a wag? And I'm like, wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show that as a society, we're losing... In my opinion, we're losing sight of what's important. Yeah. Because if you think about the wag, even the social media influencer, to your point, you can be an, an influencer. You could have, like... A finance channel, yeah, exactly. for example. You could be doing good, right? Yeah. You could have uh, like a community outreach mm-hmm. and that's your your platform. So this is not to disparage your exactly. social media influencers. We're specifically talking about the body image yeah. um, kind of segment. Yeah. But if you think about the wag, like that's not even a thing. So that's basically saying, I want to be known as the significant other of someone who's successful. Yeah. That is heartbreaking. And you're not. So that's basically... I'm a comma mm-hmm. in somebody else's mm-hmm. chapter. And do you know what it is as well? I think my biggest problem when it comes to this issue is the fact that just because I've seen someone, right, even if I, d- I do have a good, a, well, a banging body, not Which that I do. don't, I do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I do, I did have that and mm. someone else, an influencer obviously mm-hmm. had a very nice body as well. Our gifts are completely different, even if that's what they're completely. focusing on. Mm-hmm. However, because I'm watching that person seeing, well, if they could get this money with their body and mm-hmm. I, I have better than mm-hmm. a better body than them, maybe this is the path I should be following. Yeah, exactly. And that's what really scares me because everyone's gifts is so different. Everyone's talent is so unique. It but is. we just keep following. And that's back to your point of standing out or blending in. Blending, like, yeah. what are you doing? And I don't know if you remember our very first um, episode and when I was talking about my journey and, you know, how I got into contracting, mm-hmm. I made a comment about the fact that probably the bravest thing but it wasn't even brave now I think about it mm-hmm. it was just sensible but it was brave because other people weren't doing it mm-hmm. the bravest thing I said I did was to say 
okay, so I'm going to learn something from this person who's doing very well mm -hmm. and who admi I admire. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take what I can from what they tell me and mm -hmm. apply it to my situation. Yeah. So I didn't because they were doing, they were in this discipline, change my discipline. I didn't kind of forego years yeah. of what you, you know, uni yeah, exactly. and experience to say, oh, I'm going to pause that mm -hmm. because this person's job pays more. No, I said, okay. So they, they are in another discipline, but the thing that I can take is how I'm going to work for companies. Yeah. So I'm going to become a contractor, but mm -hmm. stay in my lane. Exactly. And I think to your point, you, you can have two women with banging bodies. Mm -hmm. One may be a social media influencer. The other one has a job. Yeah. A very well-paying job or mm -hmm. a business. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even have to be a job. They yeah. can own their own business, but their body doesn't come into the equation. Let's be honest, if you have a banging body, whether you put it in a dress or you put it even in a in a you know loose fit, it's gonna be obvious that yeah. there is a banging body underneath. No, but that, right? my my thing is, you know how we keep saying banging body, right? Mm -hmm. We've had a definition. We we all think banging body means you have a um you know the shape. Curvy. Yeah. But again, it depends but so which what's country the definition? you are. Exactly. exactly. I was gonna say, so it really depends which country you are. In some places, to be slim, tall, and athletic looking is the desired body mm -hmm. image. In other places, they like their women a bit more retound, a bit with a bit more meat around, mm -hmm. yeah? There's other places where it's that curvaceous, very feminine mm -hmm. image of a body, or traditional femi feminine image of a body. Other places, it's that, you know, you have a strong physique because it's for childbearing or child rearing. It, it really depends where you, you're from. So if you think about it, it's very similar to how we spoke about the offsetter cultural dimensions. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. If you were, as a woman, let's just say that you had the means, whether through work or personally, to travel the world. Depending on which parts of the world you go to, you would have to drastically change how you look in order to conform. Yeah. Because you go go to one country where to be skinny is yeah. what's acceptable, yeah. i.e. not slim, skinny. Yeah. yeah. What we would think, oh, is there a problem here? Another place would be like, oh, slim and thick you know mm -hmm. that's a thing now slim mm -hmm. thick mm -hmm. and then you go from slim thick to you need to almost look like you're obese mm -hmm. because that's what then becomes socially yeah let's be honest apart from body dysmorphia you can have a lot of body issues and yeah. a lot of health issues from all that yo-yoing that you have to do to conform but let's talk about the uk now mm -hmm. yeah let's not talk about other countries but even in the uk in the it depends UK, on in the community that you're but in what i guess social media has made it seem or what it's about, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. even talk about people like Kim Kardashian and mm -hmm. Nicki Minaj, you know, mm -hmm. all these celebs that you see as all very nice bodies. Yeah, yeah. It's really made us think that that is what is, that's the definition of nice. That's my point. Like who, but that's who came up with the lost, definition of nice? I'm not, I think it's because we've lost that sense of self. And what yeah. I mean by that is, you know, you have, well, you had, when I was growing up, there were what we call goths. I don't know if that's, oh, a, yes. oh okay, good, good. <laughs> so there were people that, would stand out because they wore dark clothing and black, black lipstick and white They stood out, mm -hmm. right? But they owned their space and they didn't try to kind of take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then I'm a goth, but I'm also quite feminine. <laughs> and I'm gonna put a bit of pink in my hair. There was none of that. They, they stood, stayed in that lane of being a goth, right? I think what we have now is, okay, so I am genetically, I'm, tall and very lanky mm -hmm. but i see that men only seem to be attracted to women with a big behind so genetically there's nothing i'm gonna do let's be honest there's no amount of exercise that you're gonna do that will make you look like a Nicki minaj if genetic there is exercise that can enhance i'm not mm -hmm. suggesting 
squats and stuff like that. You mm -hmm. can have a personal trainer who is specifically trained in helping a woman build. But the extent to which you look like a Barbie doll is diminished because your genes just aren't there, right? As opposed to someone who is naturally, say, thick, but there's a bit of fat. So fat, we know you can always burn and turn to muscle. For that person, is it's factually easier for them to become more curvaceous, for example, if they've got the proportions where the hip, for example, comes out a bit more and the waist, even though it's thick now, it's mainly fat rather than it's their build, i.e. their body, their bones are that wide. Naturally, that person can look, can fit. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So to conform, what would you need to do? What would you, what would you need to take from yourself in order to conform? And that's, exactly. and I think that's the thing that we're not thinking mm. about. So to your point, even in England or even globally, where before, let's we could say black men like this type of woman, white men like this type of women. And then you always have, the, you know, the people that it's not about whether I'm black or white. I'm attracted to women who are very strong, you know, strong willed mm -hmm. or are like a very confident woman. There are people, and men and women, there are people who rather than being attracted to a physical type, they're attracted to like the mind, for example, or how you come at them. There are men that are like, oh, I like my women feisty, right? <laughs> there are men like, all I want is peace. Mm -hmm. And whether you look like a supermodel or you look more like the girl next door, as long as you bring me peace, that's what I'm... So what I'm saying is, it's that if you're the guy that just wants peace, like I literally just don't want any stress in life. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you stress. I'm going to respect you. All I want is for you to bring peace to me and my home. But because all your friends are saying, oh, only girls that look a certain way is attractive. And you now fast up yourself to go look for a girl that looks that certain way. I'm not trying to suggest that girls that look a certain way can't bring you peace. Yeah. What I'm saying is, are you having to compromise on what really is your value, i.e. all I want is a trouble-free life in order to then have a spouse who you think, oh, I'll be proud of this person mm. because that's what society is telling me. Mm is a beautiful woman. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, you know what, the problem, number one, I've, I've just, whilst you're talking here, there's two things that came mm. in mind. The attention male give to women. other women yeah, that yeah. some women might feel like they're never getting mm. that attention or mm -hmm. no one's showing interest in them and they feel the need to then yeah, yeah, yeah. go above and beyond to yeah, look yeah. like that. And number two is clearly self-identity issues. Like you don't even know, you don't, if, if you value yourself, if you know what you have, yeah, the confidence mm -hmm. and the boldness, it wouldn't even matter. All right, so this is a joke. This is a joke that is not a joke. So for example, when I was growing up, um, my my friends like Latoya and, and I think of Sarah, the men that we would, when we were getting on the bus, for example, be like, oh, he's cute. The boys, the mm -hmm. women. They were like, oh, he's cute. And obviously the people you hang around with will influence how you see life. And yeah. yeah. I noticed that they were all tall. And then I started to think, oh, he's cute. If he's tall, he's cute. <laughs> But guess what? The way life has dealt with me, I've never been with a tall man. Yeah. So imagine, but I've been with a good man. I have mm -hmm. a good man, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine if I was so fixated on a tall man. I'm not saying that there aren't great tall men, but let's say I only meet waist men, as mm -hmm. we call them, that are tall. But I'm like, oh, my friends won't think he's cute if he's not tall. So I'm going to now go for a tall man that doesn't have any of the values that are important to exactly. me. Exactly. But because if I walk down the street with him, oh, my friends be like, have you seen her man? Oh, he's looking like seriously. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the thing is, are you doing it for you mm -hmm. or are you doing it for others? Mm -hmm. Are you doing it for an acceptance piece? 
if it's truly for you, it will, A, it's sustainable, right? Because relationships and issues almost go hand in hand. Whether it's internal or what life throws at you, there's always going to be ups and downs, right? If you are with someone who, with whom you share values, mutual respect, the same sort of plans and aspirations, when those waves come at you, it's easier for you to both stay standing mm -hmm. because there is a shared purpose, right? But if it's, oh, I never liked her anyway, she's feisty, but it's only because she looks good on my arm. The minute the stress and the issues come, it's like, you know what? She looks good on my arms, but let's be honest, just go down Westfield. There's another 20 women that look almost identical to mm -hmm. her. They could all be sisters. Mm -hmm. And that's why I call them Westfield babes. And I know that you <laughs> and I joke about this. When and, and true talk. So let's say I'm walking down Westfield and let's say I'm in the middle floor. I have this almost sense of deja vu where I'm like, I swear I've just walked past this girl. But then I'm like, no, maybe it's not the same girl. I think the other girl was wearing pink pants. And then literally another five, 10 minutes. What is it going on? I've, mm -hmm. I swear I've just walked down, walked past this girl. As well. They all have the same hair. Yeah. The same eyelashes. Nails. Eat the oh, same gosh, nails. Yeah, and yeah. Not, you literally all look the same. That's the thing. If you'd just done us all a favor and called each other to say, this is the color we're wearing today, we wouldn't know. Yeah. You could commit crimes. We'd be like, no, it wasn't me. I was there. I was there. You could yeah. literally confuse yeah. everyone. Yeah. But I think what that is, is because we've then all kind of subscribed to this ideal of what it is to be a woman and to be sexually attractive yeah. to others. It's like, well, as long as I look like that, at least men will look at me. Mm -hmm. But then what we've forgotten is to be ordinary means you attract the ordinary. Yeah. And to be extraordinary cool. means you're going to attract the extraordinary. Wow. So the men that are not looking at you because you don't look a certain way, they want the ordinary. Let them go for the McDonald's. <laughs> the men that do want the extraordinary will take time and look past the fact that you're not slim, thick exactly. or curvaceous. And guess what? When they realize, oh, mm -hmm. this is a full package. This is yeah. a restaurant, Michelin star restaurant. Literally. You know what? That's what he comes with. I've even thought about like, I've had, I've had some friends that just had, I think with men in general, it's mm -hmm. just not great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm, I've been starting to think like, hmm, maybe. You know what, what I'm going to say What that? is it about you that you're you attracting? You know what I'm gonna, I was going to say? You are what you attract. It's going to say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, surely if it's, it's it's been like this, it's been going on for so It hasn't just been one, two, yeah, yeah, three, yeah. There's a pattern four, five. There. And I'm like, clearly. You are what you attract. Exactly. Definitely. So at this point, it's not even men are trash anymore. It's just. You're really just attracting the wrong people. That's what it is. You're like a dumping ground. And that's what, what I've started yeah. to realise that we're not focusing on our mental transformation. No. We're not focusing on actually growing our gifts and our talents. That's right. It's just, I need to look good. And that's all, it's like, that's what that matters now. And, in, in our in well, I guess I want to say my generation, but in, in this so day let and me, age. Let me put it in another way. So if I think about conversations that I've been privy to and one conversation that someone brought to me mm -hmm. to seek my opinion on, I actually had to kind of push the person back. So they mm -hmm. were like, oh, this girl, da, 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 da. she's this, she's this, she's trash. And then I said, where did you meet? Mm -hmm. And then he told me where they met. And I had to literally stop myself from laughing out loud. I'm like, I'm not trying to be funny, but there are certain places where you can go and have fun, mm -hmm. but you don't go and with the intention of, I'm going to meet my significant other. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to call anything out, but mm -hmm. that was kind of, doomed from the start yeah. first thing second thing um you like very early on he, he described a situation where her mom called and she was in his car and then she was basically like mom i'll get home when i get home da, 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 da. 
that wasn't a red flag. <laughs> but when she was then rude to your mum, you then had issues. So I'm like, I'm really sorry. I know you bought this to me because I'm your person, but I gotta call you out on this one. Mm-hmm. The writing was on the wall, boo. Yeah. What's that? Whoa. I said, yeah. what's this writing? That's mm-hmm. the, the writing on the wall. Yeah. You sort out trash from the dumping ground and then you had you had the audacity to say it's smelling. Exactly. I'm sorry. What did you think you were going to get? <laughs> and I'm so sorry to put it like that, but sometimes it's, the thing for me is, if you think about who is being attracted to these things, yeah. It tells you about how they were raised exactly. and the values that they were exactly. raised with. So if a man, in this case, he respects his mom. It mm-hmm. was like, that is an, is non-negotiable. You can't be rude to my mom. Mm-hmm. Even if my mom is rude to you, I'd be like, mom, please, we're not going to do this. I don't want to be rude to you, but please, let's let this person go before we, you and I yeah. can talk. Yeah. There's a way that you would know to handle your mom, even if she is being unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Not for the girl to be cussing out your mom. That, do you see what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that she did it to her mum and you'd, I'm like, so he's like, what should I have done? I said, let me yeah. tell you something. I'm the sort of person, if I'm with my friend, mm-hmm. i.e. I'm not dating you, mm-hmm. and her mum calls and she's rude to her mum, before she drops the phone, I'll be like, mummy, we're so sorry. I'm going to speak to her. As soon as you drop the phone, I'm going to cuss you out. Like, sorry, were you just talking to your mum like that? Yeah. So if you can have the audacity to talk to your own mother like that, how are you going to talk to my mum? Exactly. And that's my friend. Yeah. So I'm like, this is someone that you thought you had a future with. And you allowed her to speak to her. She's like, but she's probably been speaking to her mom like that from time. That's probably the way she was. I said, that's fine. But it doesn't speak well of you that you would allow it to happen exactly. in your presence. Exactly. So what you've said to her is that it's okay. So yes, she does have the audacity to do it to your mom because you kind of enabled that behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's my point. If you are saying I'm well-raised, but I also want to be attracted to something that may not be well-raised because it's what society is telling me is acceptable. Something has to give. Yeah. You can't have the package mm-hmm. that looks the part with the kind of inner workings mm-hmm. that speak to your values. And Not necessarily. And that's another thing as well. Even having the best body, right? Mm-hmm. Looking great, like the typical definition of the Coca-Cola and body. How would you actually even know if the man loves you for you? Because he might think he loves you. Yeah. Even he will, conf- I love you, I'm yeah, in love yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. But it's just attracted to that. And from what I've heard, looks really do come and go. Oh, definitely. So wouldn't you rather build what you would last, I which think is forget your gift looks even come and go. Life happens. Yeah. Right? Life happens. What I mean by that, even if you don't go through pregnancy and the, those body changes, you could have an illness. You could have an accident. Anything can happen that changes your body permanently or for a time, right? If the person is there for you, i.e. the attraction is not on the surface level. Mm-hmm. There is, I can't remember the, but there is a, an Instagram account that I follow and it's a woman that, I don't know what the illness is, but she's now wheelchair bound. But her husband literally takes her everywhere. And he posts when he's like taking her to appointments and he's buying her coffee and all that stuff. And he's like, did you see that chick looking at me? I'm taken, mate. I'm t- and it literally takes her everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she's in a backseat, is an ad- adapted car. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm wowed every time because it's it's obviously him managing that account. Yeah. This is very obviously someone who is currently disabled. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that he's not just physically there for her. He's there to entertain her. Sometimes she's having a bad day. He doesn't document, like there isn't, he shows, he honors her in the way that he, 
documents things. Mm-hmm. But it would be like, oh, she's having a bad day. It would be on him rather than mm-hmm. on her. And even sometimes he hasn't posted. It'd be like, I haven't posted for a while. We've been having, you know, traumas, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I'm like, what? that is true love because everything fades. If you're attracted because of the money, the money could fade. Mm-hmm. If you're attracted because of the looks, the looks could fade. What shouldn't fade or what typically doesn't fade is the character, the true intent of the person. If you are being true to yourself, the way you project and the way you are with people will stand the test of time, right? That's why that saying, a, a leopard never changes its spots. Yeah. Even if you colored it, once the rain comes, it will wash it off. It's still a leopard, right? Everything, life can throw all storms at you. You'll still be you. Yeah. So to your point, if the woman with that banging body, it is hard. It's like a, it's like men when they have a lot of money. It's very difficult for you to then choose a spouse who hasn't kind of been with you from the start because you never know if the woman's with you for your money. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that for a yeah. woman, right? Yeah. So if you have that banging body, you always have that easy with me because of me exactly. or easy with me because of my money. Let's look, there's so many things like that. There's people, for example, who want to marry someone or get with someone who doesn't have papers to reside in the country. They don't think, oh, I love this person. And actually I would want to help them get their papers, but then I'm going to worry that they're with me because of their papers. Yeah, It could be someone, for example, who was going through a health challenge, let's say, and the person they were dating was a perfect match for their kidney. And they're like, oh, I'm going to marry you. The person will always then, are you marrying me because... I'm giving you my kidney or I gave you my kidney because you love. There's so many things. And I think for me in relationships, whilst it's never going to be 50-50, I love it to be as much of an equal playing ground as yeah. possible. And I know that you and I have joked and I've said often, even in friendships and casual um, interactions, if someone does something for me, I almost feel indebted to repay it back yeah. as soon as because I want it to be a level playing field. Yeah. So to your point, she could have a banging body. She could have really good values and good character but hopefully when a man does take the time to get to know her he should see past the banging body or even the non-banging body and if he's the right person he will be with her for the character and the values yeah but to your point it is difficult because you're always making that assessment is Mm. he really with me because of me or is it because you know you could put me in a music video and that video will sell just by putting me in there are women like that like i always say there are some women i look at i'm like this person cannot be natural. Come on. Not, I'm not suggesting that you've had. I'm saying you can't be physical. Like you must be an angel. You, I'm a female and I'm like, oh. So I'm <laughs> so just thinking, how do men even deal with women this beautiful? Yeah. There are seriously beautiful yeah. women. Yeah. But it must come with its challenges. Yeah. And I, obviously I don't know anything about that. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay. So just before we round this up. Mm. What was it like then when you were growing up? What was the thing that hip? What I think in our my I guess era now is more of social media and mm-hmm. didn't physical appearance. Was there is anything similar to it, or was it the same? And it's just so we did like have that? internet. Don't try and suggest that I didn't have internet. We didn't have social media <laughs> when I was in school. We're not trying to bit your age out. You're something else. <laughs> we had internet, and even in schools, computing mm-hmm. was taught. So you know. I remember doing like, you know, your end of year assessments mm-hmm. and writing your personal statements. All of that was done in school because not everyone's parents could afford to have, you know, computers Computer, at yeah, home. Yeah. Laptops were coming up, but yeah. not really a thing. So, mm-hmm. but again, most schools were kitted out. They knew that the, the, the next generation or the workforce demands would mean that the students would need to know how to mm-hmm. use a computer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I would say we didn't have social media, you know, as there is an issue now with social yeah. media. The thing, again, that I would say was everyone wanted to be known for something. So 
even before, I think it was after I left school that I started to understand things like dyslexia and dysnumia. But obviously, it's like that light bulb moment when you're like, ah, oh, that person in class that used to struggle. I wonder if, obviously I'm not clinically trained, so I don't know. But then you you start to cast your mind. Every time you learn something, you then think, ah, oh, if I'd known what I know now then, I wonder if. We all do it. Not, well, we should do it. So the, where I'm going with that is when I think back, it was some children were not academically gifted, for example. But even them, you could see that they wanted to be known for something, whether that was sports or the arts. And I think when we made friendship groups, we're almost intentional without realizing that we want, we naturally gravitated to people whose excellent kind of spoke to what we, we were or what we wanted to be. So for example, one of my closest friends, um, she went into accounting and she's not done very well. Another one studied psychology, I believe, and worked at the Priory. I naturally gravitated towards the academic book, bookwormy kind of people. My sister played netball for school. A lot of her friends looked like, you know, throwback Venus Williams. Mm -hmm. So they, you naturally kind of form friendship groups based on shared interests and mm -hmm. shared values. Yeah. So we didn't really, so we wanted to, we all stood out. So for example, for me, it was English, like English language and English lip. It was always known like, you can't touch, you yeah. can't touch this girl. It's, she's gonna completely take it out of the park. Mm -hmm. There was, I did well in maths as well, but maths was always a competition between me and, and somebody else. Mm -hmm. so it was like, if you get it now, I'm listen, I'm burning the midnight oil, I'm getting it next time, yeah. vice versa. But it was yeah. healthy competition. Mm -hmm. But each person was known. So for example, if it was history, we're like, just accept that person is complete. But that's my point. Yeah. So there was competition in the sense that we knew that we all had to kind of maintain, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't competing with a person that was great in history. Yeah. It was her thing. Yeah. She could be great at history. Mm -hmm. No, they weren't competing with me on English. Yeah. It was my thing. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. But we all had our thing. So well, we all stood out. Exactly. But we stood out for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think the fear now, the thing that strikes me when I talk to young people, often the reason why young people want to, and not just women, not just girls now, they want to blend in because then you don't get picked on. Yeah. If your hair looks like everybody else's hair, who's going to pick on you? That's a good point. Because if they pick on you, then they're picking on That's everyone else. That's a very else. good point you made. If you look like everyone else, no one's going to pick on yeah. you. If you show the same interests as everyone else, no one's yeah. going to pick on you. And I wonder if somewhere in parenting we've lost that sort of ability to raise children to be brave in what they are as yeah. well as what they know. Yeah. And I think obviously the demands of modern day parenting, I look, I'm, I'm here to say it's not easy. Yeah. But I think sometimes we focus on the wrong things. Yeah. So for me, it's important that every night we sit down as a family around the table mm -hmm. to have a, a meal. Yeah. People might think that's a very old fashioned value, mm -hmm. but the, the table, the meal table, that's when a lot of things come out. How was your day? What happened? Who I want to know who my friends are friends with. I want to know who their parents are. One of my son's closest friends, I not only know his parents, I know his grandma wow. and his grandpa. Wow. And that's Just the thing. In case, yeah. But if he's running late and I speak to the mum or I text the mum and she's like, oh, he's with my son, there is a sense of calm because I not only trust her son, I trust her. I know yeah. that she's raised her child, right? I know that her husband has raised the, the son, right? I know that her mum, who I know very well, is also a very sensible level-headed. Does that make sense? Yeah. So because we are intentional how we parent, like I always say, unfortunately, your children will meet people who haven't been raised by intentional parents. And I think what social media is telling us, if I may be brave enough to say, 
is that the decline in parenting over the last, say, 10 to 30 years, social media is just a platform for us to now be able to witness this. Exactly. Where people haven't invested and they haven't taken time to sit with their children, teach them rights and wrongs, but also teach them things like integrity. So, for example, for me, one of the biggest things, when my children do wrong and I tell them there's always a punishment. Yeah. I always say to them, take the punishment. Don't come and start negotiating with me because in life you take your punishment. The worst thing for me is when they try and cover up the mistake. You know that I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, don't cover yeah. up the mistake. Yeah. Own it and be gracious enough to accept the penalty that comes with the mistake. Yeah. And there will be times when I think, you know what? We don't need to punish you. But there will be times when I will punish you. Mm-hmm. It may be a week with no screen, whatever the punishment is. But I will levy the punishment that I deem fit based on what you've done. When a child then isn't raised to respect authority, i.e. don't respect the ruling, which is because you've done this, this is going to happen. You then wonder why we get newspaper articles saying that teachers have been attacked. Mm -hmm. Sorry, how does a child go to school to attack Mm -hmm. any person, but especially an adult? Even now, as a grown woman, when I see my uncle, it's yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because that's where I was raised. Like, I'm not raising my hand to anyone, but more less so an adult, right? Yeah. But because people haven't really taken time nowadays, because of whatever pressures. But my point is, having a children, having children should be an intentional decision. But because naturally, na- well, now it's not. It's just kind of like a, a natural thing that's happening. It's like, oh, I got pregnant. Oh, I'm gonna keep the baby. Oh, okay. And then the child has to fit into your life rather than you saying no. I made an intentional decision to have this child which may mean keeping a pregnancy that I didn't plan for. So I'm going to be intentional in how I raise this child. And I think I would go so far to say that what we're seeing, what we've discussed today is just evidence. It's the kind of, is a fallback from 10 to 30 years of failed mm-hmm. parenting. And unfortunately that is carrying on. So the younger generation as well, they're seeing that. So because if your parent doesn't have time to actually teach you the right skills, the right values, the right morals, you're learning that from someone else, which is, I think it's even worse because what's now happened is you can't teach what you don't have. Yeah. So let's say, let's say the first time it happened, this first generation that didn't train their kids, the grandparents could be there to instill those values. Mm -hmm. But now you've gotten, you've moved on by another generation. Mm -hmm. So now you've got grandparents who weren't raised right. So they don't know better. So when their children then are having these children that they can't really train up, they can't fill a gap. So I think it's worse now. Yeah. Honestly. And I don't have the answer. So please don't answer. (laughs) I don't have the answer. And no, I'm not. I don't think it's like. It's not simple. It's not simple. It's not straightforward. Because again, I I hope everyone's clear. We're not saying social media is a bad thing at all. (laughs) Like I'm not trying to say that. If you use it right, it's amazing. It it can really take you far in life. You can go to places where you don't have to be physically to impact. You can be there. Um, But. What would be your advice then for young girls now, um, women now, they're standing out and blending mm. in? Obviously, I know you're starting to stand yeah, yeah. out, definitely. But um, what would be your advice on that? Knowing what the challenges are now. I'm going to keep it really simple. I'm going to say, the thing that I say to my niece, for example, is every time you look in the mirror, do you like the person that you see? Mm. And if you don't like the person that you see, what do you need to change? And I think only we can be honest with ourselves. And when I say, what do you need to change? And I'm using the mirror very intentionally. When you look in the mirror, when you look in the mirror, not when other people look at you in the mirror, yeah. what do you see? Because you see through the soul of the eyes of your soul, right? 
if you see someone who's very conceited, someone who is very jealous of other people's jealousy, that shows when you look at yourself, not when other people look at you. So you need to A, identify it and B, say, what do I need to do to change this? If you see, oh, my body's not where I need it to be. That can be a healthy conversation to have with oneself. Let's be honest, this thing of someone is looking really unhealthy, but we're like, oh, we don't, we don't want to hurt the mental health, so we're not going to say it. If you are close enough and you have a healthy relationship, it's better coming from you to say, I'm a bit concerned about you. You're normally very fit, but I've noticed in the last few months that you've let yourself go. Is there anything I can do to help? That is a very healthy conversation. Mm -hmm. My point is, if as a young person, you are starting to think, oh, I'm not doing this as well as I used to, be brave enough to have that conversation with yourself first and then find someone, a trusted friend, a trusted adult that you can have an honest conversation with that can support you. But the main thing I would say is when you look at what needs to be improved, don't do it for others, do it for yourself. Yeah. And hopefully that will shift the focus away from physical to what's inside. Mm. And that would be that would be my my snippet. Wow, thank you so much, Mary. Because like, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I need to go back and just listen to this Looking again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think what I've taken from this, again, some of the points that you've just said today, definitely we need to stand out. Yeah. Um, standing out, meaning not just physically, but actually your mental transformation as well. Yeah. What you, what knowledge you get, and what yeah. skill set? Because again, physical definitely does what do away. people remind you what, what will people remember you about let me just put it like this as mm -hmm. we end have you ever gone to a funeral and people are like oh she was beautiful <laughs> she had a banking body <laughs> people will say things like she made these meals that brought everyone around the yeah. table just her smile you could me. always bring a problem yeah. to her and leave with a smile that's yeah. what people remember yeah they don't remember the car that you drove the house that you lived in yeah. they don't remember how well put together you were mm -hmm. They will. They may remember, but they don't talk about that. No. They will talk about how you made them feel. Exactly. And I think as we hopefully start a journey of self improvement, self actualization, mm -hmm. it should be about how do I want others to feel when yeah. they're with me in my yeah. presence. Yep. And it all starts from you valuing Definitely. yourself. Definitely. Thank you so much for this episode, it Mary. Was lovely. I guess until next time. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>